20 minutes past six in the evening. I want to say hello, hi, and welcome to the After Hours if you've just tuned in. And I know so many of you have been WhatsApping me and asking me, when is Dr. Muhammad Shehu coming into studio? Well, he is here this evening, and I'm excited to have him here, not only because I just feel at this moment our nation needs the inspiration. And uh, I'm glad you are here. And I asked Dr. Muhammad, what should we call you? So he said, go ahead and call me Dr. Mo. So good evening, Dr. Mo. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you, Lemi. How are you? Are you good? You? I am well, thank you. I'm excited to have you here because your achievement this year, I think the whole nation really celebrated you and um, what you've managed to achieve at the age of 26 so we have to ask you this question you became the youngest student to receive your phd qualification from nest what set you on this path of academic achievement what you know was it something was it a life goal was it something you've always wanted to do was informatics always something you wanted to do so um i've gotten a little bit some some reports that it's actually the youngest in the country but i haven't you know youngest in, in the, the country, country. i haven't heard of anyone else yeah so, so but in terms of my motivations for why I embarked on a PhD, mm. so a little bit of context, both my parents are professors. Uh. So, so they, they went up to PhD level as well. And my, my dad, so he remarried. So my parents are divorced and then my dad remarried and his new wife is also a professor. Okay. So it's, it's, there's now officially four PhDs in the in the in the in the family. In the family. Yeah. So I like to make this joke that when we had parties and people say Dr. Sheho, like the four of us just turn our heads. It's like <laughs> it's like a thing. So so an undergraduate is in your family is like a matrix it's, certificate. It's like it, yeah, it's like it's like the baseline. It's like the base <laughs> level. You can't All right. Yeah. All right. So it's something that you've just always known, always grown up with. Um, originally, I didn't really think I was going to go up to PhD level because mm. I always thought, okay, that's what my parents did, and I'm just going to I'm going to finish school. And I'm going to start working because I really wanted to get into the world of work. Yeah, I envied you know those who finished school and already got into work and they mm. were earning money, and I wanted to do that. And they were like, no, you do it now, so that because once you start working, you're not going to come back. Yeah, they they knew because now it's done. Because now it's like you're, you're living life. Money is nice. Why would you go back to school and spend another four years? Exactly. Know? So so getting it out of the way was I think was a good decision. What was the hardest thing or part about achieving your doctorate? If you can just think back to that process, the time, the years spent. What for you was the most difficult thing? Funny enough, the most difficult thing about doing a PhD is not the PhD itself. Mm -hmm. It's your motivation to finish it. Um, because you will get to a point where you start questioning whether it's actually necessary, whether you need to go through with it. There will be times where you feel hella demotivated. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm allowed to say that on radio, but you will feel very much demotivated. And so it's important at that point to have someone who has walked the journey already. And that person for me was my dad. So he had already done it. And so he was able to say, I know you're thinking of quitting, but just, just stick through it. You're almost done. And once you're done, then that's it. Yeah. So, so it's the demotivation that you have to kind of work through those slumps in, in focus. And w but once you, once you cross that slump, it's smooth sailing all the way through. Hmm. So um, we've recently seen that there's somewhat of a brain drain mm -hmm. going on, especially with young African professionals who are leaving the continent. Um, recently, we read in the New Era, mm -hmm. um, there's a young Namibian professor teaching in Australia mathematics. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking, what are your thoughts on this? For one, the brain drain that's going on. And is our continent doing enough to retain and maintain our highly qualified graduates? And would you consider immigrating? So there are pockets of 
you know, within the continent where governments are really trying their best to retain and uh, to attract and retain talent. Mm, mm. Um, but on the majority of the continent, it's usually with, they pay lip service to the concept of, you know, keeping the best brains in Africa. Yeah. But when it comes to creating those opportunities and actually, and I'm just going to go out right and say this, paying them what they're worth. Yes. Because someone doesn't go to graduate school for close to 10 years you know you you do your bachelor's and then you have to do your honors your master's your phd yeah to be earning peanuts nobody nobody suffers for that you yeah. know so obviously when opportunity arises and it usually arises in in you know the europe or the, the states or even in asia mm. they go because that's where the money is and also that's where the recognition and most importantly the impact is mm. because if you've got a phd but you can't make an impact in your nation for whatever reason, circumstantial or logistical or, you know, political, because you live in a politically unstable country, yeah. you are going to want to go to somewhere that, you know, there's peace and calm and stability and you want to actually make an impact with what you've learned. Mm. So in terms of what I consider emigrating, I'm a child of opportunity. So wherever there's opportunity, that's where I find myself. Sure. Yeah. Well, we better find some opportunity for you immediately. It's the after hours. We're sitting with Dr. Mo this evening. We're going to continue the conversation. Don't go away. 33 minutes past six in the evening. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is probably the most inspiring after hours show we've had, we've had so far. And I mean, we've had somebody on here who's lost 100 kilos. Yeah, it was crazy. It really was. Um, It was Charlotte from Rindu. She lost 100 kilos. We had her on in January. But I think that this is... you, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, I think this, this in terms of achievement, I think this is top two (laughs) most inspiring shows. We've got Dr. Mo in studio in case you've just joined us. And if you're like, oh, Dr. Mo, who's Dr. Mo? Well, Dr. Mo, at the age of 26, this year, 2019, became the youngest student... Possibly in Namibia, but definitely um, at NAST, who became the youngest student to receive his PhD qualification. And I think this evening we're having a conversation about that. And it's more of a celebration because I think the entire country really celebrated your achievement. Did you feel that? I did. Yeah. I felt the love from the whole country. And I was very, very humbled and appreciative of everybody's comments. So let's talk about your thesis. Mm. Um, it was on the application of social media analytics to business intelligence in Namibia. I, for one, don't understand. Just give us, like, um, in layman's terms. In layman's terms. Yeah. Okay, so so if I was to break down the the, the dissertation, I would say that social media is booming in Namibia. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. We all know that. We have a lot more small businesses getting on social media in order to launch their brands and reach new um, target audiences and new market segments. That's also true. What they're not doing as well as they could is using the analytics, so the back end. Now, with social media, we like to say there's a front end, which is what you see. So that's the nice photos and the graphics and the pictures and the videos and all the content right and then the back end is the analytics so the data how do they know who they're reaching where are their best customers um, how is their content working who are they reaching what can they tweak and optimize to reach even more people and you know sell more stuff because that's so what it's not just about posting the post it's absolutely not social media is so much more than just posting likes and comments it goes mm. beyond that and that big word that they like to use algorithms algorithm yes so <laughs> you if you don't know if you can't play the algorithms they will play you and they will dribble you they, they're very good at that so sure. so then it was all about how you know how do you use your analytics and what strategies can you employ to do better on social media and specifically for Namibian businesses. All right, so now Dr. Mo, now you own your own 
company mm -hmm. specializing in the field of online marketing mm -hmm. um was this always a part of the plan to be self-employed yes and fun fact so my what i did with the with the company actually informed the phd and vice versa Mm. So, so it was actually, again, this goes back to that whole passion thing because I wasn't doing this out of, you know, like by force, yeah. right? It was what I was already doing on a daily basis. So it was very easy to integrate. What am I learning and what am I doing in business? How does one inform the other? Mm. Mm. So what do you have to say to those graduates who are like, I'm going to get my degree and then I'm going to get a job? Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, let me just speak directly to you now. Basically, basically, I, I hope you don't mind that I, like, I go back and forth between like English and like my That's African Do my, my what you need to African do, doctor. Accent. I love it. Do love what it. you need to do, Dr. Mo. So essentially, guys, we all, we're all aware that the unemployment rate in Namibia is very, very high. Yeah. And the truth is that the kind of jobs we're going to have five, ten years from now are jobs that you're going to have to create yourself. I was speaking about this with someone earlier today and I said, for example, those who study English, right, or yes. literature, what they do is they go and work work in journalism or broadcast and then what do they do after that they then go and work in PR communications the corporate world and that's where it usually ends but if you can just think outside the box and create a job title that has never existed before for example have you ever heard of the concept of a herero copywriter never a rukwangali copywriter never right? these are things that don't exist and because they don't exist we there's this fear that if i venture into that i will not succeed and it doesn't help that we've got a lot of us have the kind of parents who don't really you know encourage you to take that risk Absolutely. and study what you love yeah so the job you will get five ten years from now that you will be in will be something that you have created for yourself and once once you understand this and once you buy into this this you know this this mental shift everything changes hmm. because now you're not thinking i've got this degree and this is where i need to go it's i've got this degree oh wow what can i do with it i can do so much sure yeah you've given us a lot of food i think i need a minute <laughs> just to take all of that in and digest that in uh but powerful words and definitely food for thought um and which brings me to this question do you think and, and I think you've answered this question technically. Do you think there are enough opportunities for young qualified people to grow in their careers or skills in this country? On the face of it, based on the unemployment rate and, you know, based on just the general commentary that we find on social media and mm. in print, it would seem like there is not. But again, that goes back to because it doesn't exist yet and you haven't tried it. So in terms of opportunities, and I know, you know, we hear this a lot from from politicians they say the youth of the future and they need to create jobs they're yeah. right but we do need to create jobs that will be relevant to the needs of society in this future that we're all talking about that we're all going to so so yes there are opportunities but a lot of the time you will have to create them yourself and this you just have we have to we all have to put in the work to be honest Last week on Radio ha Wave, we had um, the economist Roland Brown on The Waking Crew. I don't know if you know of him. Roland Brown. Yes. Okay. And he spoke exactly as to what you're speaking to, where he said that the real crisis in Namibia is that there aren't enough job creators. And I yes. think if we have more graduates like Dr. Mo, who are able to see that the real issue is that we need to think outside the box. We do. And become our very own job creators and create jobs that might not even exist yet in this country. And that's 
the truth and it's fact. So what is your word of advice? Maybe there's somebody this evening listening mm-hmm. and um, like me, maybe they're a second year into their bachelor's degree or they're doing their doctorate right now or okay. they're doing their master's at the moment. Mm-hmm. What would be your word of advice to that student? I would say my advice is make sure it's something that you love. I'll give you a funny story. So mm. when I was in, in high school and I was picking what I was going to study in varsity, my first choice was actually marketing. And then my, my, my second choice, I was going to do law and finance, right? Yeah. But my dad, at the time, he told me, you know, marketing is saturated. There won't be as many opportunities. So what did I do? I did computer science. Now, I basically went through a whole circuitous process. And now what do I find myself doing? Social media marketing. So I've ended up mm. right back where I had the passion to start with. Yeah. And it took me a while to get there. And I do not regret my digital background because it is really, really helpful. And it, it, you know, it helped propel me in this digital world we find ourselves in. But my point is, if you love it, you will find your way to it one way or another. So you might as well just do it. If you really like it, if you have a hobby, if it's something that you want to study further and become an authority in it, do that for mm. your doctorate, or do that for your master's, or do that for your honors. If you love it, it will not be work. Mm. You'll be earning a degree for free, basically. Very strong and powerful words. Dr. Mo, we wish you all of the best of luck for your future endeavors. Thank My you. wish is that you stay in Namibia for as long as possible. Give me a reason. Give me a reason. <laughs> But, you know, your future is bright. Either way, I think you're going to make a contribution in this world and it's going to be a definite positive one. Thank you. Thank you for your words. You're welcome back on the After Hours at any time. Always so welcome back. Thank you so much, Dr. Mo. If you missed the interview, that was Dr. Mo. The, um, he received his PhD at 26 years old, making him the youngest student in Namibia to receive his PhD. That interview is going to be up on the After Hours page. I'll also link it to Dr. Mo's social media so you can follow him because he's got so many wise words to share. I told you it's going to be an inspirational Wednesday.